Good morning. I'm sitting here in my freshly cleaned and organized office and I'm excited about the day ahead and hopefully connecting with a lot of you guys on the lives. Um, but right now I'm going to share with you a novel by an author named K.L. Going and the title of the novel is Pieces of Why. Um, so let's get going. Twelve-year-old Tia lives with her mom in New Orleans and loves singing in the Rainbow Choir with her best friend Keisha. Tia's dream is to change the world with her voice, and by all accounts, she just might be talented enough. But that's before a fatal carjacking rocks the community and reignites gossip about her incarcerated father. The shock of finding out what really sent her father to prison years ago prompts Tia to start asking the people in her community hard questions. Questions everyone has always been too afraid to ask, even her mother. And it's Tia's questions that end up pulling folks together and bringing about hope and redemption in the most unlikely places. For the 2.7 million children in the United States whose parents are incarcerated, this is Pieces of Why. Chapter 1. Certain days ought to come with warning notices. Warning, this day will be hazardous to your health. Instead, most days start out normal, maybe even better than normal, which is much worse. I woke up feeling good. It was Thursday, and that meant choir practice. More than anything, I wanted to be a great singer. Not a rock star, but a singer who changed the world with my voice, like Nina Simone, Whitney Houston, Adele, or Malia Jackson. I wanted my music to make people stop in their tracks. Of course, seeing as I was only 12 and poor as dirt, that was a universal way. But if my voice teacher, Miss Marion, had taught me anything, it was that even the most unlikely person could succeed. Didn't the great Malaya grow up in a house right here in New Orleans with 13 people under one roof? She said. Didn't she have to leave school in the fourth grade because her family couldn't afford to send her anymore? If a black girl could rise up in the early 1900s when everything was stacked against her, then a skinny little white girl like you hasn't got any excuse. So I kept one of those tear-off calendars beside my bed, and the last thing I did every night was to rip off that day's page. It was a dumb calendar with facts about cars from a box of leftovers Ma hadn't been able to sell online. But that hardly mattered. All I wanted was the pleasure of crumpling up every day of the week. That wasn't Thursday. I sat up that morning and ran my fingers through my thick, tangled hair, and then I started to hum a warm-up of my vocal cords. Miss Marion was a stickler about warming up properly. Lazy singers never last. Through the security bars on my window, I could see that the sky was full of clouds, ready to burst. The ominous streaks of gray might have been a sign, except in New Orleans, storms can come and go in ten minutes flat, especially in June. I got up and made my way into the shower, turning the water up hot and letting the spray scald my skin as I belted out the lead line of the gospel song my choir was practicing. The Rainbow Choir was a chorus of kids made up of every race, color, and creed, and we were supposed to inspire a sense of community in our audiences. At least that was what Miss Marion's vision was. Me and my best friend Keisha had been founding members back when we were nine, but in the past three years I wasn't sure we'd done any inspiring still gave me an excuse to sing. 
Ma and I lived in a rickety old shotgun house outside the Irish Channel. Our rooms were close together, so I was thankful Ma slept like the dead. Nothing woke her up, not even my powerful alto voice, so I could sing as loud as I wanted and let the acoustics in my bathroom carry the sound all the way up to the ceiling. I stepped out of the shower onto the gritty bare floor. New Orleans is as hot as blazes in the summer, and I already felt sticky again. Not a good sign this early in the day. I wished for the thousandth time that we had air conditioning, but I propped open my bathroom window instead, hoping a breeze might come my way. Nothing moved, outside or in. I dressed, brushed my teeth, and then pushed past the clutter to my bedroom. Ma's main job was a baker at the Winn-Dixie at the Winn-Dixie, but as her side job, she sold people's unwanted stuff online, and that meant our house was always chock full of empty boxes, bubble wrap, foam peanuts, and random items like angel figurines, antique toys, or prom desses that had gone out of style. Ma figured out how much they were worth and put them up for auction, and if they sold, she got a percentage. If the stuff didn't sell, half the time it ended up staying here. Ma's bedroom is at the end of the house, so I had to step over a dozen puzzles and dusty Xbox games in order to peek inside. She was asleep on the oversized bed, and her uniform from the previous night's late shift had been dropped off where she'd taken it off. A McDonald's hamburger wrapper and a half a tub of fries lay on a chair where several small cockroaches were feasting on the remains. Cockroaches gave me the creeps, so I set Ma's garbage pail next to the chair and took out a shoe-on-a-stick and then quickly pushed the whole mess into the bin before the cockroaches could scamper away. I tied the garbage bag extra tight, wanting it, wanting to retch, but I choked the feeling down. For a moment, I stood watching Ma's thin frame rise and fall with sleep. Ma looked peaceful with her auburn hair spread loose across her pillow, but she'd had more than her share of troubles, and if anything else came her way, I suspected she'd crumble like plaster on the stairs of the New Haven Baptist Church, those steps had looked fine, right up until two giant slabs fell off the side, revealing the twisted metal bars beneath. I covered Ma with a blanket and kissed her cheek, then went outside to practice my vocal exercises on the front stoop, knowing it would be a long wait for choir. I was right. It took half of forever and a quarter of eternity. What I didn't know was that the whole time I was writing, trouble was creeping, creeping up. And it was the kind of trouble that would leave me and Ma swirling in its wake. So that was Pieces of Why by K.L. Going, the first chapter at least. And I love the way that it ends with that beautiful figurative language. Um, and I'm excited to see where Tia's journey takes us and what sort of struggles she has. I think that um, going has really set us up for some with some great foreshadowing to get our brains sort of turning. So again, that's Pieces of Why by K.L. Going. Have a great day.